Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, coming at you on Wednesday, April 6, 2022. And today is not an exciting day for me, Ty, because I have to come back and relive the tragedy that was Friday night for me. Mm. April Fool's Day, went out on an April Fool's Day date, more details on that later, and I had to watch the atrocity that was Morbius. Now, I already I already told you that... I didn't tell you my score, but I told you something about my score that kind of gave it away. Don't want to spoil it too much for the listeners, but um, didn't like this movie. You thought the movie was the April Fool's joke? Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I have opinions on it and thoughts behind the fact that it was delayed two years and the final product that we got after that. Yeah. Um, We also are going to talk Moon Knight. Yes, Moon Knight Episode 2 dropped today. Um just more intrigue. Um, I, don't, I don't know. There's not much speculation like the other MCU series, but there's some things to talk about for sure. Let's talk about it. 50% of the time, it works every time. Don Stamos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. I don't feel so good. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> Okay, Ty, episode two of Moon Knight. Watched it last night after it dropped at midnight. Had a very busy day today. Driving all around the place. Interviewed Diego Cartaya, Dodgers top prospect. Fuck yeah. Um, And I watched it last night and I was dozing off at the end. I had to rewind it like four different times the last like, I don't know, two minutes of it. I just kept falling asleep in the last two minutes. <laughs> okay. Um, That's nothing about the show itself. The show was great. I was just very sleepy. It was one in the morning. Um. You know, you were very excited for the show. We both were, but it seemed like you maybe a little bit more than me. Uh, what is your thoughts now that we are two out of six episodes in? It's been fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it has. I've loved every second of it. Um, it's very, very, you know, stylistic in the way they're shooting everything and the reflections and the multiple personalities and how that's playing into how the show's, like, taking place. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Oscar Isaac's given a fantastic performance so far. Mm-hmm. It's been really fucking good, and I'm just aggressively excited for the rest of the episodes. Yeah, um, 
you mentioned the cinematography and the way they're shooting things and all the, the creative decisions they're making there. All that's been fantastic. If I had one knock, I think it'd be some of the CGI. Like his suit looks like isn't shit. the best. <laughs> some of the CGI looks like shit, and the editing. Like there was a scene where she like grabs his face, and then it cuts, and her hands like at his waist. And I'm like, eh, okay. I'll just call that a COVID thing. Yeah, but how long can we just keep saying things are COVID things? Forever. Okay. <laughs> Our generation just has an excuse, man. Yeah. Just like the, every generation before us blames something. Okay. Like our parents. What do our parents always blame for all their, you know, trauma? <laughs> Jesus. I, Pearl Harbor? No, that was the that's, 40s. That's a long time ago. <laughs> wow. Um, 9-11. There it is. Yeah, there we go. Um, no, it, it's been really fun, and I'm just really excited they, they decided to make the decision to make this a series. Um, not that I would be doubting Marvel's filmmaking abilities, because especially after watching Morbius, I shouldn't be doing any of that. Um, but with how intriguing and deep this character can be, I'm excited that they chose to tell it in a series where they can explore it in multiple episodes. We're two episodes in and like, we understand the whole, um, dynamic between Mark Spector and Steven and, you know, understand that, but there's still so much more to explain and understand about the character. And we would be two thirds through a movie. Um, so I'm just excited that they took this route and more it's, it's more so than the other series. I mean, Loki, you know, you see the character arc, but it's also it's mostly TVA and kind of setting up the multiverse as an idea. And you know, Falcon Winter Soldier was just a six-hour movie. Um, <laughs> no, but there was some racial stuff and and stuff in there as well. And the WandaVision obviously benefited from the series format by the the style they were going for. That Moon Knight after WandaVision, it's the first one since WandaVision to really I feel like benefit from the series. Whereas like Loki was a good series, but. Obviously, it wouldn't have been as good as a movie, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it did feel like a longer movie. Same thing with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, I'm excited. Am I missing a show? Hawkeye. Yeah, Hawkeye, Hawkeye again was just another kind of, like... It was a little deep dive on, on Hawkeye, but it wasn't remotely executed as well as this. Yeah, so it, it's just this really benefits from the series, and it was a great idea. I don't think it's a character that... I mean, every Marvel movie does well in the box office, so to say it wouldn't do well in the box office is absurd. It wouldn't do well in the box office relatively to other films, I think, if they would have made this a movie. Now they build up this character. They use him in the future. They'll probably put him in the Blade movie. Yep. You know, and then maybe he gets a movie. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But Jonathan Isaac's a star, and he's been great Oscar. in this. Oscar Isaac. Jonathan Isaac's an Orlando Magic basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 100%. And I think the oh, big word dichotomy of this character. That before the podcast? No, just right off the top of my head there. Um, this character where it's so many different, like the first episode was all of Steven and you don't even see the main character who is Mark. Yep. And like, that's, that's, it benefits so much from this series where you can see every aspect of this character. Whereas you could have one whole episode on each individual part of this one person. Yeah. And it just, it's been a deep dive. It's been fantastic. There's been comedic moments. There's. I've loved the action. I've loved the storytelling and, and the direction they're taking it. A little spooky. A little spooky. I, I appreciate I that. Like that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. But it's been it's been really fun to watch. And I think, obviously, with, like, Loki and WandaVision, we can speculate because, like, we kind of have an understanding of these characters. It's harder to speculate because I'm just in awe. I don't know what the fuck's coming next, and I'm enjoying every second of it. What do you think, like, the mainstream reception to the show is? Um Marvel fans are going to love everything that Marvel does, mostly. Um, But there probably is, you know, I think someone like my dad would really like the show. But there is going to be that that portion of, you know, just the casual Marvel fans who might not like this as much because it's not the, it's not full DC dark, obviously, but it's not the the same kind of 
uplifting kind of Marvel story. Even WandaVision, like, yeah, it had its dark moments and it's everything towards the end. But, you know, the whole series as a whole kind of had that uplifting, whatever, you know, easy to watch. This might not be as easy to watch. So I wonder, I haven't really looked into this, what the overall consensus for, like, the non-Marvel fans are. I can see them not liking it as much. Yeah, I I think the reception's been fairly positive on everything I've seen. Um, I I think the moments with Steven and that kind of comedy element to it Mm -hmm. is really good for the levity when telling this serious type story for Marvel. Um, Obviously, you could go full serious, but that's just not the audience base that they have for this. Um, But I, I think they've done a really good balance to show, like, they can tell a very serious, kind of dark, spooky spooky herb mystery kind of story mm-hmm. where it's like what the fuck's going on without leaning too much on the comedy and everything i think they're letting um critics like watch all six episodes because it's got an 86 percent on Rotten tomatoes 94 audience um but the top review i see is actually a rot one that says a six hour series that would have worked better as a two and a half hour film i disagree unless it just gets very slow after these two episodes <laughs> I-, I know critics got to watch the first four episodes i okay. don't think they've released five and six yet and everything I've heard, like even the director said, episodes four is like when shit hits the fan and it gets incredible. Well, that's always how it is. They show them the episodes until shit hits the fan. Exactly. But it just so happens that out of the six episode series, it's so much character building and what the fuck is going on that shit hits the fan that late in the series. Yeah, for sure. Um, still a little confused about the whole story and Egyptian gods and exactly what we're going here, but that's fine. It's not a complaint. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they explain if at all. Unless I just missed it, but I don't think I did. Like, and this isn't knocking it. This is just kind of talking about what they could talk about in the future. Like the whole Stephen Grant thing, kind of like is interesting to me because like this guy thinks he's real, but he's like an alternative um, personality cre- created by Mark. Is he was Stephen the original guy, and Mark took his body? Was Mark the original guy? Which I would assume because he's fucking married in this body, and then Stephen's just an alternate identity he created for himself. Which why he, would he do that? I don't know. They're going to explain that more. Um, no, I, I believe Mark's the main character. Yeah. And, and Steven is, this, I know that's how it is in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. Creation of, in his brain of this, like, you know, living a different life. But the whole thing's been like, Steven's been having to give Mark control of the body. So it's just gonna be interesting to see how he, cause they're going to explain how we got to that point. Kind of the creation of Steven or creation of Mark, whichever way they go, but probably Steven. Um, and like, does he remember, does he have childhood memories? I don't know. Who fucking knows? I do know that like they were very heavy on Steven calling his mom and talking to his mom in the first episode. Mm-hmm. 100% he doesn't have, like, he's just leaving messages on something. He's going to find out, like, your life isn't real. The things you think aren't real, like your mom and your everything, like, you're the fake creation. And I feel like that's going to be an emotional moment. It's pretty dark, man. Yeah, sad. Anything else on Moon Knight? Uh, Mr. Knight. They showed the suit version yep. of Moon Knight. Yep. Uh, that was very funny and interesting. I heard it's aggressively different than Mr. Knight in the comics. Well, isn't that because Mr. Knight in the comics is, like, comparable to Bruce Wayne? I, I That's what I read. I think, yeah. And they don't want to just be a Batman ripoff because it kind of was in the comics a little I, bit. I, I believe <laughs> Steven is supposed to be, like, a Bruce Wayne. And Mr. Knight is, I like, think you're right, yeah. you know, his alter ego, but still kind of like Steven. Yeah. Whereas Mark's just this mercenary who kills people. And Moon Knight's just the badass version of that. So I think their change in the Steven character created the change in the Mr. Knight character. Um, but the little bit we got was fantastic. I like yeah. that both of them have their own kind of, like, Steven be- can become Mr. Knight and Mark can become Moon Knight. Yeah. That's very interesting. How about um, the accent by Mr. Oscar Isaac? 
Just a great British accent. Fantastic. I had to look up. I was like, is he British or is he American? Like, which accent is he faking? He's, I think he's British. He, no. No, he's American. Yeah? Yeah. Didn't know that. Exactly. His fucking British accent is good. And he, just, he says, like, in it and, like, the other he stuff. He bruv. And bruv. Yeah, it's fantastic. I like how I said in it and, like, I was having a stroke. Um, he just, <laughs> I don't know. I, I like accents. I could never do them. I'm excited for episodes three, four, five, and six, Ty. Now, while we're on the topic of Moon Knight, while I have you here before we get into the shit show that is Morbius, um, I believe you have some cleaning up to do, Ty. I'm putting you on the spot here. We talked about this. Um, we, we reviewed The Lost City last week, and the mm. biggest difference between our scores was the visual g- score. I believe, if I remember correctly, I gave um, The Lost City a 10 for visuals. I think you gave it like a 6 or something. 7. 7. Um, you, you quoted the trees looking shitty or whatever, and then you text me, come to find out you were mistaking movies um, or things you were watching. And that was actually a scene from Moon Knight you were thinking of, not mm. The Lost City. So here's the deal. We'd had a lot of movies to watch to catch up for March Movie Madness. So I watched like three movies, The Show and The Lost City, mm-hmm. all in like three days. Yeah. And it was just back to back to back to back. I got a little confused. Okay. With that being said, I've, I've sat, I've reflected. <laughs> Lost City goes 2 and 8. <laughs> one point? One point. Gets one point. New score is a 49. Well, that doesn't do anything for its uh, consensus ranking, so um, it doesn't get that much. It didn't look good, and I still think the the other scenes I remembered look bad. <laughs> I just mistakenly, when Mark's driving the tr- like the the cupcake truck, mm-hmm. he's being chased, and there's like trees falling down the mountain. Mm-hmm. I thought that was when they were leaving, when when Sandra Sandra Bullock, did I get yeah. that right? Is is like a captive, and they're leaving in, in the, the car chair. before yeah, the car yeah. falls off. I thought those were the same scene. <laughs> I got a little confused. They took place in a similar setting. They did. It was like cliffside. My bad. Hand up, my bad. Well, good news, Lost City. You went from a 51 consensus score to a 51.5, still in 110th place. Didn't move it at all. Out of 127 movies. I feel much better about my integrity and the score that it got. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, speaking of scores, Ty, do you have a synopsis for uh, Morbius for us, the shit show that is Morbius? Dangerously ill with a rare blood disorder and determined to save others from the same fate, Dr. Morbius attempts a desperate gamble. While at first it seems to be a radical success, a darkness inside of him is soon unleashed. So I guess before we talk about the movie itself, um, I'll I'll explain the, the April Fool's date night and my theater experience, which people were fucking joking around like it was April Fool's, dude, I'll tell you. Um, so first of all, our, our new idea that we're going to try to do every year around April fools is we went to Burlington. Our original idea was Marshall's, but we were originally going to go to the Jeff ranch movie theater and then we didn't. And then, so we ended up going to Burlington. We didn't need to, but so we picked out outfits for each other that were, had to be $25 or less. And I went with, um, I wanted to make Riley look ridiculous. And she actually bought me like a nice, like Mexican skull, like button up shirt and some nice American Eagle shorts. And I bought her, like, these yellow pants and, like, a red shirt that I thought was really weird, but she liked. But then it had a strawberry vest over it that I also bought. So she looked ridiculous. She was literally getting laughed at when we went into Dollar Tree. So that was fun. Fuck yeah. Um, but the theater itself, man, I went to the mall movie theater, and people were wilding out there, man. Just people talking during the movie where I literally said – I literally said, shut up, I think. Fuck yeah. And, like, Riley's like, Jason, stop it. And I was like, I'm trying to watch this fucking movie. <laughs> You're trying um, to enjoy cinema. The guy next to me to t- you know kind of give an indication of what other people thought of Morbius fell asleep. Mm. I was like, "Damn, he's asleep." Not only was he asleep, someone directly behind us was snoring for the last twenty minutes of the movie, loud as fuck. Like anytime the movie got quiet, you heard the whole theater heard this guy snoring, 
and no one woke him up. Like, they just let it happen. And I think it was a teenager because there were teenagers behind us. Um, kind of annoyed by that. There was a family of, I want to say four. I believe it was a mom and three kids. I don't think there was two adults there. Um, coming to the movie theater, about 15 minutes left in the movie, maybe 10. And they come up to our row. We're kind of in the middle left. They come up to the right side. They don't come near us. They're flashing their flashlights like at the seat numbers while people are sitting on them. Right. Mm-hmm. And like telling them that's their seat. And like, I can't hear them, but I'm assuming the people are like, no, these are our seats. Gets their tickets out. And they kind of just stand there for a second. And then they kind of just walk down and they like look around at the theater and they find four empty seats, like two rows in front of us, like very four seats on the left. So they go over there. They sit down. They sit down for about five minutes. And then I see the kid, the oldest kid get up. He's probably like 16. He gets up, walks out of the theater, comes back in, talks to his mom. And then they all just walk out. They came to the wrong movie. Um, it was 10 o'clock. I don't know what movie was showing at 10 o'clock. I don't know if they thought they were seeing Morbius. Um, if they did, they spoiled the, the climax, which they didn't spoil much. Um, so just hilarious. I don't. How do you do that? So I don't know, but in my theater, I had a similar experience where people like 25 minutes in, walk in, flashlight on, looking at seats, talking to the people at the end of my aisle. Like whatever happens, they walk past them. They sit down like two seats away from me and they sit there for a good two minutes and then lean over and she was like, how long has this been on? And I was like, like 25 minutes. I don't, I don't like a while. She was like, oh, we're in the wrong theater. Gets up and leaves. <laughs> the exact same Exact thing. same thing. <laughs> wow. Where did you see that? Civic? Civic, yeah. Civic Plaza. There's not very many theaters at Civic. The mall at least has like the little wraparound, but. Yeah. I don't know how you fuck it up. We were like the first theater on the left, though. So I don't know. I don't know how they fucked it up That's either. first theater on the right. Um. <laughs> So it, that was just a clusterfuck, man. And then after the movie, I, I hear people, the teenagers, saying the movie was great. One guy even said it was one of the best movies he's ever seen when he was on the phone with his mom to come pick him up. I don't know if it was actually his mom. I'm just guessing there. Um, took a piss, taking a piss, and I heard people like, man, that was amazing, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like sitting there in awe. Like I did not enjoy this movie at all. And maybe I, I did reverse, reverse psychology here, Ty, because sometimes – when movies are this bad, it had a 20-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It is now down to 16. Mm. I try to be different sometimes. Like, I don't purposely give it a good score just to be different. Like, I'm never going to do that. That's against the integrity of the pod. But I really, really do try not to go into a poorly rated movie, like, wanting to hate on it and wanting shit on it because sometimes Riley does that. Um, but I go the other way. And this sometimes, and this was a case where I went the other way and I was like, I'm going to enjoy this. Like, I'm going to find the things I like in this movie. And I don't know if that made it worse for me. I don't know, man. If I was expecting a bad movie, maybe I would have liked it more. But I hated this movie from the second that when freaking Jared Leto was a kid and all he did was freaking put a spring into the battery pack and they're like, oh my God, this kid's a fucking boy genius. And he goes to school. From that point, I, I audibly laughed. Only time I laughed in the whole movie when that happened. A bit ridiculous, admittedly. <laughs> for those that haven't seen the movie, I mean, thank you for listening to this podcast anyways, but his freaking friend is dying, his machine's been malfunctioning, whatever. He literally just unclips it like it's a fucking remote control clip. He takes like a spring from a pen, you know, the little springs, and all he does is create a closed circuit. He like takes the battery out or whatever, creates a closed circuit between the two prongs so the power keeps going. He didn't fucking engineer anything. Like, he didn't do anything. And they were like, oh my god, this guy's a boy fucking genius. And then Morbius turns in, or Jared, I don't remember his fucking name. I don't care. Where do you get the name? Oh, Michael Morbius. It is Morbius. He turns into this genius scientist who saves life with artificial blood and everything. All out of the premise that he created a closed circuit with a fucking pen spring. 
he From did that point do on, that. I was ridiculous. I, you have to give him credit. He did do that. <laughs> I don't understand how the closed circuit affects anything if the battery is no longer in it. <laughs> I will. I will say that. Yeah. Um. There was, there was a lot of inconsistencies throughout. Yeah. With the story. Um. It just all of it, it. It just kind of left me like, okay, I, I guess this like they're best friends. They hung out for five minutes. He saved his life, and then he got sent off to school. <laughs> and then they're just lifelong friends yeah i mean if someone saved your life would you be their lifelong friend I, I i would thank them very much i'd appreciate their efforts how about his friend being just mega uber rich and did they ever explain how negative no daddy money okay that, I, I, just, I just assumed it's like they were like oh this guy's sick he gets a bunch of money because he's sick making that kind of connection oh okay. no i don't think that was it at all now, I will I say, uh, factoring in your score here, uh, just looking at your score and factoring everything in, did you take the two slash two parts of the one post credit no, scene into account? I didn't, actually. Okay, because there's, there's some things to talk about there. We'll talk about the post credit scene. Spoilers as always, but... post credit scene, uh, we go to a jail mm-hmm. in, in Michael Morbius's universe. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michael Keaton, Sonyverse. Sonyverse. You yeah. see, you see the sky cracking like it did in No Way Home. Exactly. And Michael Keaton appears in the jail cell. Yep. Why he appears there? How that makes any fucking sense? I don't know. I have no fucking clue. Okay. Is that what makes you upset about it? Not at all. Oh, okay. Cut away from that. We get a little bit more credits, and then they continue that post-credit scene with Morbius driving down the street in the middle of the fucking desert, mm-hmm. stops, and then Vulture flies to him. And says, I don't know why I'm here, but I think it has something to do with Spider-Man. And Morbius is like, okay, let's go. <laughs> so, so many issues with this. <laughs> why? So, Morbius very much early on takes place in the Venom universe. They yeah. make reference to Venom. Venom is known. Makes a Venom joke. Makes a Venom joke. Mm-hmm. In Venom, uh, Venom 2. Mm-hmm. Where he goes post credit scene or whatever, or in No Way Home. He's learning about Spider-Man. Yeah. No idea what Spider-Man is. Sees him on the TV, says, who is that? Meaning that Spider-Man does not exist in the Venom and Morbius universe at all. Mm-hmm. However, when Michael Keaton comes up to him and says, I think it has something to do with Spider-Man, rather than saying, who the fuck is that? He's just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Next up, Vulture, Vulture's entire thing. In Homecoming is I used alien technology from the MCU to create my suit. Yeah. Shows up in a parallel universe and just has his suit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous, but it's fucking comic books, man. With this multiverse shit, I think we have to shit like that. We kind of just have to accept. Um, Not saying it makes sense, but with the multiverse, I feel like you just kind of have to accept it. I think. Yes, when they're doing the multiverse good and like being consistent, <laughs> I think Sony is just like, "Hey, you guys did that really good. Let us try." And it's like when you give your little brother the controller and he needs to get shit on in like a video game or something. Yeah, like they don't they don't know what they're doing. They're like multi. They're just gonna be like, "Yeah, multiverse explains it all." It doesn't. There's inconsistencies. It's a problem. Yeah, man. Um. Well, they have the Craven the Hunter movie. They do. There's member three. They have Venom, member four. They have the Madam Web movie coming up, whether villain. You can introduce two more if they really want to. Yep. 
what they do at Spider-Man, whether it's Tom. Look, I've 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 um I've changed my stance. Okay, for a long time, I was very intrigued of the idea of Tom Holland playing switch hitting Dewey duty coming into the Sonyverse for a little bit. They could fucking move him around. Who cares? Okay, coming into the Sonyverse for a little bit. Doing a Venom movie, because I think a Spider-Man Venom movie would be fucking sick. Doing a Sinister Six movie, because that would be fucking sick. And then maybe come, coming back. Okay. Unless Kevin Feige or whoever is explicitly involved in those projects, I don't want Sony touching Tom Holland Spider-Man. Make a new one that sucks. Mm. Yeah. And I'll just hate it. And that's the other thing, is like if they don't do that, then they're like, okay, Andrew Garfield gets his second chance. Don't do that to the man. He's a fantastic Spider-Man. He already got fucked by your writing twice. Don't make him do it a third time. Tobey Maguire has Spider-Man 3. Their their track record is just so bad, man. I mean, Venom is their best Sony-verse movie. They're, they have three now, right? Yeah, three. And it, it's not even that good. It's better than Venom 2. It is. Venom, th- Venom 1 was kind of carried by Tom Hardy. I mean, we reviewed it. You can go check out March Movie Madness 2021. 2021 carried by tom hardy pretty good performance good actor not enough venom was my complaint so what do they do in venom 2 they fucking make him break up yeah and he goes to a rave <laughs> he does go to a rave and fucking cleves cassidy could have been so cool and he was just a dork huge dork and the fight scenes are always going to be limited with fucking venom and another symbiote so that's why you kind of have to have these character driven movies and then they make this shit show of a film and I'm looking it up, and, like, I don't know when the Craven Hunter movie is supposed to come out. I don't know when Madam Web's supposed to come out. Who knows? Maybe they get delayed. Hopefully there's not another global pandemic. And I truly mean that. I'm not being sarcastic. But, like, Michael Keaton's 70. Mm, very old. Like, how long could, How long is this planned by them? Because you know in the Sony's writer room, they were sitting there talking about the post credit scene, and they were, like, looking back at the, the Samuel L. Jackson scene in Iron Man, or even the freaking Robert Downey Jr. scene in The Hulk. Where he goes up to Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. Thaddeus? I don't know if his first yeah, name is. It. Is it Thaddeus? Yep. R.I.P. to that actor, by the way. He passed yep. away about two weeks ago. Goes up to him, you know, tells him we're getting a team, whatever. Thought you might know something about the Hulk. Whatever he said. Even if that didn't really totally make sense since Thunderbolt Ross, like, was against Hulk. Whatever. But they were like, they thought of that Samuel L. Jackson scene. They were like, this is it. Like, this is our version of that. 100%. That's what they're going for there. And it just doesn't make any sense. Why... Why does Morbius have to be in the post credit scene? Make it Venom in fucking... That makes way more sense. Like, yeah. the guy who actually knows who the fuck Spider-Man is now. Or maybe maybe Venom's already teamed up with uh, what's-his-name, and that's something they're saving. Why don't you just do it in the post credit scene? Just fucking, like, Tom Hardy's character went to whatever. I I don't know. I It doesn't make any sense. And And the thing I was talking about earlier is this movie was delayed... At least two years, right? Yeah, I think it was June 2020. Just aggressively delayed. Which was because of the pandemic. I don't think they delayed it because the movie was bad. Yes, but this was supposed to come out before No Way Home. Mm-hmm. Michael Keaton's in the original trailer. Mm-hmm. They just vigorously had to have done rewrite after rewrite after rewrite to try and say, hey, that was really cool. Let's see what we can do with it. You don't show a post-credit tease in your trailer. And then well, the scene... you do if your film's bad and you just want people to buy tickets. Yeah, and then the scene <laughs> in the trailer doesn't even show up in the movie. You spoil your big reveal in the trailer and then don't even fucking use it. 100% Michael Keaton was a part of this movie and plot at some point. I don't think he was. 
somehow he's in it at some point. And then the whole thing of Morbius walking by and there's a poster of Spider-Man in the trailer and that everyone's was just freaking bullshit. over it. That was just... Never used. Never even remotely referenced. Yeah, that was bullshit. I don't know if it's necessarily rewrites or reshoots because it got delayed so much and I don't know if they ever went back because COVID and everything. But I think because this movie was filmed all the way back in 2019, that was in the height of the Sony-Marvel dispute for Tom Holland. So I, my take on that is... Sony was probably making this film with the understanding that we are getting Spider-Man back. We are going to get Tom Holland back and we'll just fucking use him and not care. Like, so they probably had plans of using Michael Keaton. They could have explained it how they wanted, or they could have just shoved him in the universe and been like, fucking take it, bitch. Um, but like, I, I just think they had that plan. And then, you know, obviously they decided, decided to do a share thing. And that's when they maybe tweaked it to do the whole, the fucking sky cracks and then Michael Keaton is there and they're like, Oh, well that's a neat way. I think they always planned on kind of just bringing that character over since they do own him. What well, it probably wouldn't have been any better. Um, I don't know if he was ever part of the film, maybe, but I, I do feel like this was just marketing. Like, Hey, we need to get people in the seats. I, there had to have been a different plan for the post credit scene. I don't know if, if that's was. their big reveal. Why shoot a separate scene and give it away in the trailer? Because they just want people to buy tickets. They don't care about the actual post-credit part of it. They're fucking idiots. They then. just wanted to make money. It's fucking Sony. Along the lines of reshoots, well, not necessarily reshoots, but restructuring, re-editing, changing the story without actually changing the story you shot. Were you aware that Tyrese Gibson in this movie <laughs> had a robotic arm? Are you serious? With superpowers, essentially. No. Exactly, because in the trailer and everything, they show it off, and he's all gone on interviews and shit and said how, yeah, the the things they did with this and the powers that that arm has, like, it's incredible. There's going to be some awesome action scenes with it. And then they edited the film to where he's wearing a coat over it, and it's only visible for, like, half a second in one scene. I didn't even see it. The only mention is your, your work saved my life, mm-hmm. and that's supposed to imply, like, that's why he has the metal arm. Mm-hmm. But they never show it. They completely change that part of the plot as well. There's multiple scenes from the trailer that just don't make it. There's a scene of him like going through a house and like testing out his powers and shit. Not in it. Um, a scene of Tyrese Gibson his metal arm in like the woods, like a fight scene there. Not in it. Him leaving the jail cell with the Spider-Man poster. Not in it. Michael Keaton meeting him in that alley. Not in it. Like I don't think any of the shit that's in the trailer was actually in the movie. So there's a guy by the name of Avi Arid. Yeah. Arad. From what I know is he's not very beloved. Mm, I think he's, I would argue he's hated in the Spider-Man community. I think he's like the, one of the reasons why something happened. Like he ruined Spider-Man 3 or something I think he's the one who wanted Venom in Spider-Man 3 when Sam Raimi didn't. So he's been in a lot of stuff. I mean, he's produced even some MCU movies. He produced Iron Man. In The Incredible Hulk. And then they fired him, and he hasn't been in an MCU movie since, except for um, he did produce Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Um, he was executive producer of Spider-Man Homecoming, Far From Home and No Way Home. That was probably just he wanted the title because those movies were still really good. Um, but he's done a lot of bad mo- Like He did the Daredevil movie in 2003. I don't want to say bad, but the non-MCU superhero movies. He did the bad Hulk movie in 2003, the Punisher movie. Electra movie I didn't even know existed. Fantastic Four movie, the the first two. Some X-Men movie, the Ghost Rider movies. So he's doing all these these superhero movies. And he also produced this film as well. 
Is he the reason why this is, like, horrible? I think he definitely plays a role. Because, um, again, I know people don't like him. I don't know exactly the backstory of, like, what he did with Spider-Man, but I know it's something along those lines. Um, why he's so connected with Marvel, I don't know. I, I I don't know. He somehow got in in, like, the early stages when comic book movies were blown up and somehow has just stayed there. Along with Israeli-American Toy Biz co- co-owner, so he had the, a company called Toy Biz, um, Isaac Perlmutter, A.V. Arad, Arad, came into conflict with these people over control of Marvel Comics in the wake of its 1996 bankruptcy. In the end, Arad and Perlmutter came out on top with Toy Biz taking over Marvel Comics in a complicated deal that included obtaining the rights to Spider-Man and other superheroes that Marvel had sold earlier. He was involved in Marvel's emergence from bankruptcy and the expansion of the company's profile through licensing and movies he resigned in 2006 he resigned his various marvel positions including his leadership of marvel studios to form his own production company a company that primarily produces marvel licensed films separate from the mcu his first non-marvel film was 2007's brats (laughs) okay (laughs) fuck yeah dude i don't know man dude's a trip i'm gonna look it up why do people hate why do people hate AVRAD? Um, some blame RAD for using his creative control to wield massive changes to the MCU's original vision for the Spider-Man films. This is on Reddit. He basically seemed like an egomaniac, was a key opponent to Spider-Man joining the MCU. I'm paraphrasing here, but in one interview, when asked what it would take to have Spider-Man in a Marvel movie, he said that, quote, the film would have to focus primarily on Spider-Man not being an ensemble movie. I think the Avengers, but instead of, instead of the team all playing their pipes, Part Spider-Man punches the Le- Le- Levithion, beats up Loki, uses lightning powers against the oncoming alien somehow, and commands the team from street level, flies nuke and worm, whatever, blah blah blah. Yeah, he's very, very, very intertwined with Spider-Man movies. I'm gonna blame him because he's produced all the uh, Sonyverse movies. I, that's fair. Um, I don't know. I so my other issue here is they've done three now: Venom one, Venom two. Morbius. Craven is set to release January 2023. Okay. Venom 1, the villain in Venom, is more Venoms. Venom 2, the villain in Venom, is more Venoms. (laughs) Morbius, the villain in Morbius, is another Morbius. (laughs) Not only that, they're cooler versions of the main villains. Uh, Yeah. Matt Smith is way more of an asshole in this as a Milo character and would play a much better villain against Spider-Man, I think. Yeah. Carnage would be very entertaining, and it was a shit performance, but that character would be so entertaining against Spider-Man. You just brought up something I wanted to say, but continue. I I just... At what point are we not just like, hey, we have a villain, but they're going to be the main character, so we're going to make a copycat of this villain for them to face off? It's so lazy. I don't disagree. I'm sensing a trend here, and I'll be goddamned if... Craven the Hunter isn't just big game hunting 2003, and it's just him against another hunter. Oh, man. I wonder if there's any plot stuff. Um, so, so this is another inherent problem with the Sony-verse, though. It's like, I think Marvel could do it. MCU could do it, I should say. But it, it can be a little bit harder to create, like, a compelling... Because they're building a, a villain universe. Yeah. Like, these guys are supposed to be villains. Where the quote-unquote you know, antagon- or protagonist of your films... Is a notable antagonist. And it's just, yeah, it, it could be hard to write. It could be hard to get behind. And that whole thing, like, yes, there's a way to do it, kind of that anti-hero mold. 
Venom, I think, is a character you can do that with. Mm-hmm. But, like, Morbius was was not like they try making him like this kind of like sympathetic guy and everything. And it's like, okay, so is he sympathetic? Like, is he not like, is he really a villain? Like why, why does anyone have a reason to like, not like Morbius after this other than he's just a fucking vampire. Yeah, and he's very adamant about like, I'm not going to kill. I'm not going to do villain things. I don't know how he is in the comics, but that's very much like not for me. Why the fuck would he have any issue with Spider-Man? Why is he teaming up with Vulture? That's just not that like the characters they're creating are not villains to face off against like the actual superhero heroes. Again, Venom, they can make it work. They can make them have beef and they can make it work to where it's kind of, you know, you like Spider-Man. You also kind of like Tom Hardy's Venom and they're facing off because they have a difference for whatever reason. I just don't see any possible point where this Morbius character makes sense to go against Spider-Man. I don't either, Ty. So I'm looking. Um, they filmed it from Feb, uh, February to June, 2019, or something like that. April to June, and it actually came before. Um, in September 2019 is when Sony announced the new agreement with Disney for the Spider-Man stuff. So they 100% had intents of somehow just shoehorning fucking Tom Holland in there, however they could, with the Sinister Six idea. I don't know. I just don't trust them to make good movies. Like you said, Craven's probably going to be Craven versus whoever. Craven 2. I don't know. Like, I, I, who the fuck is Craven? Like, how do you make these films where, like, a villain fights someone? I don't know. That's the thing. All they've been doing is making them just fight other versions of themselves. Christopher Abbott has been cast as the main villain in Craven the Hunter. But they don't say the role. How do you spell so, Christopher Abbott? Exactly how it sounds. Thank you. <laughs> Villain. 100% in- going to be like some South American hunter. So confident in that. That movie's going to take place in like Brazil or something. They're going to be in like some fucking rainforest or some sort of tropical climate. Yeah. And he's going to be like the main hunter guy and Craven's another version of like a different hunter guy. Yeah. A million percent. That's all they can do. Unless they start having their antagonist or protagonist villains face each other. We got a fucking Venom versus Morbius. This article last month says that um, they casted um, Alessandro Nivola from Many Saints of Newark in a mystery role. But Deadline reports he's going to be the main villain. Given that they are keeping the character's name a secret, it means he's most likely playing someone fans know from the comics. With Calypso and Chameleon involved in the film, it wouldn't be shocking if Nivola's villain is another Spider-Man antagonist. So we're just going to have two Spider-Man antagonists fighting each other? Sure. That movie's going to suck. I am think every Sony movie's going to suck, and I'm still going to watch it. But I think, I'm just convinced they're all going to suck. It just makes no fucking sense what they're trying to do. And the way they're trying to do it, it's just like, here, good luck explaining it. Enjoy the slop. Why do they have to try to make it in the traditional superhero mold of, like, having to overcome triumph? Like, just make it a fucking, like, maybe not sadistic, but, like, an evil villain. Like, just do a Morbius movie. He gets this fucking thing, and he just goes on a fucking killing spree. And then he fights Tyrese Gibson or whatever, and he fucking kills them. Kill his ass. Yeah. Like, just make Morbius crazy as fuck. Make him a villain. Make it like a joke, the Joker, but not obviously like that. But it doesn't have to be like, oh, he's... He's kind of a bad guy, but he's also a good guy, and he's got to beat this other guy who's more bad. 
Yeah. But then you have to accept that he's a bad guy that wants to kill Spider-Man and form a team with a guy he's never met. He has no idea who Spider-Man is. Yeah, he's like, let's team up. Okay. <laughs> Why? Why are you teaming up with this random person from another dimension who has beef with this person you don't know anything about? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. He didn't, did he actually say yes, though, in the trailer? Or in the post scene? Where are we going? Or I'm, I, He said something. It was very much a confirmation. Plot slash story tie. I gave this a four out of 20. Six out of 20. I can't tell you why I gave it any points because I don't think anything about this plot is good. Um, I think the spring is ridiculous. I think the whole scene of him going to the bat cave and just like capturing those bats, but like I don't really know how he captures those bats. He got the, he got the equipment there. How does he transport it into like a hospital though? He just has this massive workstation in the middle of a hospital with bats flying around the side of it. I also love how he was like, oh, what are you doing here? You have bats. And he was like, plausible deniability. But it's just glass walls. Everyone who works there can see the bats. <laughs> how about like the, the mouse coming back to life, you know, after the one thing? Wouldn't the mouse have turned into a vampire by this logic? Should like, couldn't, shouldn't he have seen that happen to should've. the mouse? Yeah, we should have a vampire mouse now, which would have been cool. <laughs> I should have been the antagonist. Is, yeah, is that who he should have fought? Yeah. He had to turn himself into Morbius to go fucking stop the fucking vampire mouse. Would have been sick. Oh, my God. Um, Taking over a fake bill. This part made me laugh, too. He goes and finds the fake money printing people and then just, like, takes apart a machine that's, like, completely used for something else, plugs in his centrifuge, and then it, like, perfectly works all of a sudden. Mm, yeah. And he, like, I think he even smirks and says something snarky or whatever, and I just laughed. I was like, this is so fucking ridiculous. There's a lot of leaps in logic. Million percent. Um, I think the pacing isn't awful. It's fine. It just kind of goes. The story, it just doesn't create any reason to care about any of the main characters. Nope. Which maybe is in- indicative of the later scores. But um, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's rushed while also just kind of like going through the motions. And, like, it's very yeah. much a, I have this issue. You know right away his friend's going to do it because he wants to. Uh, friend oh, becomes yeah. an asshole oh, to him. Speaking of the friend, Morbius, who is, like, the, by all I know, is, like, the best doctor in the fucking world, by base of what they're telling me, needs his, like, coworker to put it in his spine. Like, the best doctor in the world needed a, a trained professional to put the serum in his spine. How the fuck did his friend get it in himself? Did he just shoot it in his fucking stomach? Probably one of the people who works for him. He's rich. I don't know about that. I don't. He literally has someone come and do treatments on him at his house. Who didn't even know about this, though. He didn't. He didn't know about it. That was bullshit, but continue. I just, it, it goes through the motions. There's a boat thing. The cops are after him. Just ridiculous. The cop thing is also, like, unnecessary. And again, I think they played a very, very significant role in this movie prior to the restructuring and re-editing. Yeah. Um I see that. Before someone probably, AVR Red probably came in, like, we need to make Morbius more sympathetic. He can't be just killing cops. we got to give him a foil. Yeah. I'm fucking drooling. I'm so upset. <laughs> the story, it, it's... What do you think of um, Morbius, like, using his sonar ability and all the bats just come and save him? He called out to him. Did a little clue. Where the fuck did all those bats come from? That was so many fucking bats. A lot of bats. And, like, why don't they like the other guy? What the fuck did he do? They're, if again, anything, the not other... Not explained. 
the other guy is more like them because he actually goes on his bat tendencies. Yeah, he he has real blood in him, not the fake blood. <laughs> that made me laugh too. Just him fucking or whatever he fucking did, and just the whole fucking thousands of bats just coming. I mean, how did he even die? I don't even remember. <laughs> I was laughing. I don't. I don't. Was he impaled? I don't he impaled remember. On something? I don't remember either. Now that you mentioned the bats, it. eat his flesh. I don't fucking know. The bats like threw him into something. He got impaled. We're gonna go with that. And I don't course, know if it's true. The girl's still alive. She's also a vampire now. Correct. Which, as soon as, because, like, he bit his lip and dripped his blood into her or whatever, and Riley's like, why the fuck did he do that? I'm like, Ry, don't you know if you drink the blood of a vampire, you become a fucking vampire? Everyone knows that. Also, if you get bitten by a vampire, I think you become a vampire? Or is that zombies? That's zombies. Well, I know it's, well, I know it's zombies, but I think that applies to, how do they do it in Twilight? I don't know. I've never seen that. I'm pretty sure they bite her. I don't think that's the baseline for vampire knowledge. They had no. They had to have impaled the guy because in this scene earlier in the movie, they specifically were like, "Wooden stake in the heart." Blah blah. Oh, you actually believe that shit? And then he actually gets impaled at the end. That makes sense. Didn't he have cane? a serum or something? Maybe or by his cane? Oh, that's right. He got knocked out. He got put unconscious, and he killed him with the serum. Yeah. Okay, we're good. We're back. We figured it out. Fucking hell! This movie was a fucking visual cinematography. So I already, you already said you were giving it more credit than I was. Mm, yeah. Which I don't enjoy because I don't think the visuals were good in this. I gave it a four. Gave it an eight. Doubled up on you. I don't think they were good, but I liked the scenes of him, like how it all kind of goes foggy and like the different style. They did like the sonar shit where like it, it's a different stylistic choice. Some of the CGI didn't look good. The weird lines in his ears whenever he does sonar yeah. didn't look good. Um, some of the CGI and the action scenes didn't look great. Didn't like the action. At all. The the stylistic way they approached it, though, I think was pretty... I enjoyed it. I think it looked cool. Like, throwing the ball and it having, like, smoke type thing on it. Looked kind of cool. Didn't like the action. Just didn't like the overall, like, place setting, I guess, of the the movie. What are you about to say? Going back to story, how about the girl just being pushed to the ground, getting knocked out, and then having a fucking, like, tube in her trachea? <laughs> and then being okay, like... Very sig- soon after. Like, the next day. Yeah. Like, she's just in the hospital, super fucked up from being pushed down to where they have to fucking have, like, a feeding and breathing tube. <laughs> no, I didn't like the visuals or the, the cinematography or the CGI. I didn't like the fight scenes. Like I said, I didn't like any of, like, the real settings either. Like, I don't know. Everything just looked kind of so fake to me. Um, I actually thought Morbius as a vampire didn't look horrible. I saw some people, like bashing his vampire face i actually didn't think that i thought that was probably the best cgi i yeah, didn't the like character the, design was good yeah i didn't like the other guys when he was a vampire looked a little he looked like a fucking zombie like he didn't even look like a fucking vampire like morbius looked his way and the other guy just kind of looked like his face got all weird looking um i don't know i thought the cgi in this was really poor and like i am gonna be a little bit more weighted when this is a fucking hundred million dollar movie you know uh budget of 75 to 83 million um, it should have looked better than this and it didn't. And I did give it four points cause I, I thought about the one, but I didn't go quite that low is because they at least tried some things. The slow-mo didn't look great, but they at least tried to make it look cool. They did the one scene where they were running in the train and they did like the 360 like camera. Yeah. They did a point of view shot. Didn't always look great, but they tried. And I, I, I gave them effort points. Honestly, that's where the point we're at right now. It's fair. I, I, again, I think the effort stylistically it's unique. I liked what they tried to do with it to create this own style. 
I think the execution of it at points wasn't great. I don't think the action was fantastic either. Mm-hmm. But I think it gives it gets a little bit more love than a four. It wasn't awful looking. Not for me, brother. It wasn't awful looking. Are and sure it you're was not dark. Mistaken it for another movie. I, you know, maybe. <laughs> and it was dark and and kind of, you know, it had the setting of like a vampire type thing. Nothing was lighthearted and fun. Well, they they fucking tried being funny a few times. If, uh, none of them. Which landed. gets me to key none elements. Of it, none of it landed with the humor. I gave it a three. It was seven. I didn't really know what to do with this because none of the humor landed for me. Part of me, even though I don't like spooky movies, part of me wishes they just went full spooky with this. That would have okay. been better what they fucking did. Yep. They like dabbled their toes in it, but they were like, oh, we don't want to get too scary. We don't want that R rating because we got to make money. That's all this is to Sony is a fucking money grab. At least Kevin Feige likes his stuff. It wasn't a good superhero movie, and it was a superhero movie, and it followed the traditional superhero story plot, you know, climax and everything, almost to a fault. So I guess it gets credit there. I We talked about it, the whole... This is a villain, but you're kind of turning him into a hero, but he's still a villain. Like, it just didn't work for me, Ty. I I think, and you mentioned it. I, I didn't even know the cop had a robotic arm. I didn't really think of it this way, but I think my score reflects it properly. Is like, this felt like a movie where there wasn't a vision. It was a jumbled mess, and maybe the original vision got jumbled around because of editing or whatever. Because that's a good point. I, like I said, I didn't think of it that way. It felt like there were some serious changes that were made at some point, and that's the result was a, a shitty movie. <laughs> yeah, and I think the fact that the director has been so vocal about the shit everyone hates, and the post he spoiled the post credit scenes a week before the movie came out, like just full on was talking did about he? them. I know they got spoiled, but I didn't know he was the one he, that did. It. You know, full on was doing interviews talking about them before the movie released. A hundred percent, this is not the movie he created. Yeah, two years ago in the editing room and the shooting, it's not what he wanted it to be. And I think he's very much trying to distance himself. And yeah, Sony made these choices. Please give me a job again because this isn't me. <laughs> um, I gave it a seven because I think the action scene on the boat didn't like the action, but continue. when he first became Morbius, I thought that was okay. Um, I think the creepy nature of it was okay. I think the you know friends fighting, it, nothing works good. But I think it's, I can understand, I mean, I can't even say that necessarily. Morbius is currently sitting at a, I said earlier, 16. Critics, but 70 audience score. I don't see it. I don't Certified fresh. I think there is stuff to take that is okay from it. I think the action's okay. It's very much along the line of the Venom movies. Don't get me wrong. But I think the action's okay. I think it's a CGI action thing and it's enough to where it kind of keeps going and the pace works and it's it's not a terrible bore fest i think it's done poorly i think the story and and a lot of the executions poorly but you're not sitting there bored out of your fucking mind and when you're going to a blockbuster movie that's just a you know eat popcorn turn your brain off have a good time it wasn't a good time necessarily but it was in that direction as opposed to what the fuck did i just watch that was miserable yeah um, I made a face while you were saying that because he said in a quote, the director, Daniel Espinoza, I fucking lost it. Um, Danny, okay. Danny Espinoza, former baseball player. Second baseman? I think so. Nationals. It says that the Venom arc, so the story in Venom 1 and 2, is occurring at the same time as the events in Morbius. Which would mean... So, obviously, Venom exists because they mentioned him. So, it had to have been like, it just happened. 
So does, but he's we haven't seen anything since San Francisco. That implies it was a little while ago. Yeah. But it said, uh, I just was confused even more because like Michael Keaton coming over, like does that mean it was significant time after this movie supposedly ended? You know what I mean? I mean, there's no way to necessarily dispute that. You just see him appear, which could have been three years after this movie took place. And then you just see Morbius driving and showing up and meeting with him. Again, could have been however long amount of time afterwards. Quote this picture, if it came out earlier, who knows what would have happened. I think if I had sat two and a half years in a normal world waiting for a movie to come out, I would have been frustrated, but it wasn't like that. But it was very hard with the pandemic. I wonder if, like, Sony, because obviously we mentioned the whole Spider-Man thing. I wonder if they were, like, obviously they're not trying to make bad movies. But I do wonder if it was, like, okay, we're going to put Michael Keaton in this, and this is going to be what people take away from it. Like, the movie can be the movie, but we're going to blow people's minds with this Michael Keaton team-up scene like Samuel L. Jackson because we didn't know the fate of Spider-Man back then. And maybe now that it got delayed and, you know, No Way Home happens and the whole multiverse, and they kind of had to just change it a little bit, like you said. Maybe that took away some of the juice. Like, maybe he wasn't part of the story, but maybe they were kind of just banking on that reception. Kind of like how he went to go see Venom 2 just for the post-credits. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they were just trying to repeat that fucking recipe. Because this was originally supposed to come out before Venom 2, right? Fuck, maybe, man. That's what's so confusing about this. Well, and that's why you just you know for a fact that changes were made. A million I don't know, percent. I don't know if there was reshoots so much as, like, just just tweaking things, moving yeah. things around, uh, cutting things. Um, so this was originally supposed to release. Oh man, um, sorry, this is horrible, horrible radio. It was originally supposed to release July tenth, twenty twenty. Venom, let there be carnage. Was it was released. It was supposed to be released October 2020. So this was supposed to come out before Venom. And they just delayed it into the fucking ground and then pushed Venom 2 out still. Huh. I wonder if it does have to do with Keaton or something. I don't know. That's weird. That's interesting. It's just, it's very odd how they handled it. I always try to think about, like, the the science behind all this, the calculus behind, like, you know, with the the stuff behind the scenes, and I just don't get it right now. Characters tie. I have a bold statement. I gave a one. Okay. I hit rock bottom. Jared Leto's not a good actor, and Riley was making fun of me because I, I I think I said that six times on the way home, and she just kept saying, you mean Oscar-nominated Jared Leto? Fuck his fucking Oscar nominated. I think he's Oscar-winning. She might have said that too. I don't fucking care. That was a mirage. I haven't seen that performance. Maybe it was good. It probably was if it won by the Academy. It was a fucking mirage because everything I've seen him in since then, well, I haven't seen him in that, has been fucking bad. And I even saw some people like like on Wikipedia, it says that the film got bad, uh, received negative reviews from critics with many calling it uninspired and dated. Although Leto and Smith's performances received some praise. Maybe you're different than me. I don't like Jared Leto. And I think a lot of it was the writing. Um the writing in this was so bad, Ty, and this is where I get to, like, the characters hurt. Like, you got any thoughts before I continue? I gave it a 16. Shut up. I gave it a 4. <laughs> um, not good, and I think it, it very much I, – I don't know if I hated Leto's performance in this. I don't think it was good. I wasn't blown away by it. I don't think he was fantastic. I don't think I hated it, though. 
I think Matt Smith's performance was a notch better. I thought he was better. I still didn't think he was fantastic. But I think a significant amount of this is is on the writing. Less than there, the performances. Yeah. yeah. I still don't think Jared Leto's a good actor. That or he just chooses shit movies. I, he's apparently a giant pain in the ass to work with on set, too. Did you see the shit? Uh-uh. Where he said he stayed in character and filming took forever on this because he refused to actually walk to the bathroom and limped there as if he had the <laughs> disease to where a deal was made on set to where they got him a wheelchair so he could be pushed to the bathroom oh so it wouldn't take God. as long. Oh, my God. The actual report. So maybe he's not a bad actor, but he just gets fucking stupid roles because the only roles he gets is when he stays in character. And no one wants to work with him. So you're telling me he stayed in character with Joker? He did method acting when he played that gangster Joker? Yep, he did. He just came home and slapped his wife? No, I'm pretty sure. I think there's things of him like mailing people ears when he was the Joker. I I'm a, I know that's a report. I don't know if it's true, but I know that was a report. What a fucking guy, man. I You took your stance on Gal Gadot. I think I'm taking my Jared Leto stance, even if you don't fully agree with me. Gal Gadot's never won an Oscar. <laughs> How old do you think Jared Leto is? 37? 50. <laughs> no, that's right, yeah. He's fucking old. You know what's wild? What? Look up, like, just look up a live performance of 30 Seconds to Mars with him singing. Mm-hmm. It's inc- he sounds nothing like he does just talking and like acting. Like I feel like in everything I've seen him in, he's like a soft-spoken kind of guy. It's very odd. Just not the same person when he's performing on stage. I didn't realize he was in 30 Seconds to Mars. I knew he was in a band. I didn't realize that was the band. Yeah, the lead singer of it. And like his brother's in it with him. The fucking Raining Parade song or whatever it's called. Black Parade. They mm, sing that one, nope, right? Nope, that was My Chemical Romance. That's who I was thinking of. Okay, that's why I was surprised at Jared Leto because I thought he was the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. No, not, <laughs> not My Chemical Romance. However, some of the older photos of him in, in 30 Seconds to Mars, 100% if I show you a photo of like this group, you would be like, oh yeah, that's My Chemical Romance. That, I'm going sh- to no, show it No, I you. Googled it. I have that exact same yeah. page up. That's why I thought it was My Chemical Romance wild um he kind of looks like zach efron a little bit there's there's hints of it in there they got the same eyes um yeah no the writing in this though i i will give i will say that like i still don't like jared leto and i'm just i'm planting my flag and i'm keeping it there until he proves me otherwise maybe i have to go watch his what was it dallas buyers club yeah i just the writing was bad it seemed like we were given a project in video productions to write a screenplay as freshmen or juniors or whatever. We, I was a freshman when I took it. I don't know what grade you were in. Junior. And that was the shit we came up with. The lines were so basic. They were so simple. They were so, like... Predictable. Corny yeah. at times. Like, it was... Inauthentic. It was some of the worst writing. And maybe that's why I was, like... Thought, I don't know. I, I don't know. Jared Leto didn't deliver him good, I don't think. And, like, it was it was so bad, man. The dialogue in this movie is... You just oh. don't have any reason to give a shit about any of the characters. No. Whatsoever. No. Like, from the get-go, he's kind of a dickhead when he's a kid. He's a boy genius. Wins the award for the fake blood. Denies the award because that was an accident. Didn't even mean to do it. Is that why he denied it? Yeah. I never picked that up. Because it, it just so happened that that was created while trying to solve his disease. Got it. Um, but like just throughout, like he just, it's so rushed. It's weird because like the movie, the pacing isn't terrible, but the character development part is just so far on the back burner. It's not even fun. It's yeah. still in the box in the cupboard. 
Yeah. It's not even on the back burner. You know what they should have done? They forgot to make the side. You know what they should have done if they really wanted to make Morbius a bad guy, which they didn't? What? Should have had him kill that, that sick girl that was in a coma. What was the point of that character? They, like, introduced her. I don't think they ever brought went back to that. No. I don't know. In the original cut, was he supposed to save her from fucking his dick friend? They should have just made Morbius a fucking badass. Doesn't need to fight anyone. It could just be Morbius is a badass. He I, kills I the girl think, in the coma. I do think he needs to fight some people. Fights the quote-unquote good guys. I think you fight the cop with the robotic arm. Yeah. I think that's the best way to make a villain movie. And not just make him a vampire who doesn't want to kill people. But then he says, after like six weeks, I'm going to have to kill people. And this takes place at the same time as Venom and Venom 2. Which tells me he is now killing people. Despite the fact that he was like, I'll just kill myself. I'll use this serum on me if I have to kill people. We never get a resolution to that. No. Yet he is still alive. Yeah. Driving fast cars. Very nice cars. Fuck me, man. He's such a scientific genius. Why didn't he create like a a machine where he could have just pumped the blood into him and didn't have to worry about it? Here's an idea. Why didn't he buy a fucking camelback? Yeah, the other guy had a flask. I'm assuming it was full of blood. <laughs> just fucking wear the backpack, sipping on blood the whole time. Yeah. Why go to a, a like a blood bank and just steal it from there? <laughs> Not like he had a full fucking freezer of real blood. Yeah. Just drink it. He didn't want to drink the real shit, bro. So he's going to murder people instead because that's what the writing calls for. <laughs> he's a bad man, Ty. He's a bad man. But he's got to fight someone who's a little bit of a batter man. <laughs> but it's the same same exact kind of guy as him. Yeah. Just worse. But he wins. Enjoyment. I got a kick out of it a little bit because I laughed at it. Um, I see some people saying it was an hour and a half, but it dragged like it was three hours. I didn't necessarily mm-hmm. have that. Yeah, I don't think it dragged at all. It was short. I was thankful it was short. I still really did not like it, but I I have hated watching other movies more than this. I gave it a four. Gave it a five. Okay. I I, I think I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. And I think when we look no. at it from a critical standpoint and we break down the storytelling and everything, it's not good. No. But I will say my leaving the theater, I enjoyed it more than a 30. I would argue I probably enjoyed this more than Venom Let There Be Carnage. Really? That was a bad movie. And like sitting and reflecting on both, that movie probably deserves a worse score, despite the fact that I think it has double what this has. 53 and 60. 60 is too high by me, but yeah. I think it was in a... a so I, ga- I gave 50s. it 13 points higher. Four, no, 23 points higher. Yeah. Which is a lot. It has Tom Hardy, though. <laughs> it does have Tom Hardy, and it gets good performance. And when you look at it from that critical standpoint, like it's going to get a little bit more love. I think we still gave that too high of a score. Yeah, but this, like, it, it, it's not good, and it's really, really bad. And I understand why the critic score is so low. I almost would understand if the audience score was closer to like fifty. I don't get it personally. I don't see how seventy percent of people like this movie, but people go to the theater just trying to have a good time, and. 70% of people did. This feels like a fucking shoe-in for a cult classic kind of movie. Like 10 years from now, people are going to love Morbius. I don't think so, because I think there's too many good superhero movies now. But that's the thing, is like everyone's going to like the good superhero movies. There's going to be a group of people who just fucking love this I'm sure movie. you can say that about any movie, but... But like when we think about older 
quote unquote bad superhero movies. I, I can't think of any on top. Maybe Ghost Rider, for example. Love that movie. That yeah, but like that was different because there wasn't the comparison. And we were kids, so maybe there's some children who will like this. We will be talking about it on a podcast in 20 years. I just I can see where there's there's the corny vampire action that people like. I'd rather watch Twilight than watch this again. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I gave it a final score matching the critics tie. 16 out of 100. That's so low. My lowest score ever. I didn't like this movie at all and I I tried so hard. I really did. But in the end it really didn't matter. According to 30 Seconds to Mars. Just kidding. I know that's a Linkin Park lyric. <laughs> it's is my this, lowest score ever. Is this going to be a running bit where you think he's in different bands? <laughs> I guess so. Every time we listen to a Jared Leto movie or watch a Jared Leto movie. Fucking every time I have to. <sighs> you gave it a 16? Yep. Just about doubled up on you. Uh, gave it a 30 for a final score of 23 out of 100. Making it our fifth worst movie? Sixth worst movie of all time? Fifth worst movie of all time that we've reviewed. What the fuck is this? He's actually not like... Jared Leto doesn't have very many upcoming projects. He is... There was announced untitled Jared Leto Joker project. They're bringing him back? I guess so. I don't know. Maybe like some DCEU shit? We got like three Jokers that we could see at this point. Got Barry Keegan, Joaquin Phoenix, if they want to run that back. And Jared Leto, the door is still open. Like the Birds of Prey and all of that, that shit's all continued in that continuity with this character. I don't see any news about it, so I think IMDb might be wrong. I don't know. Jared Leto, not a good actor. I'm taking my stance. 23 out of 100, like you mentioned. Fifth lowest of all time, like you probably mentioned. Uh, Below Artemis Fowl. Not by me. Not by me, guy. Let me tell you. So, besides Thunder Force, it's the only non-bad movie review of the month. No, Holmes and Watson was part of March Movie Madness. But it was an intentional bad movie that we chose for March Movie Madness. That's true. That's true. So, this and Thunder Force. Thunder Force still is just... I'd rather watch Thunder Force again than Morbius. Not a fucking chance. At least Thunder Force is trying to be bad. You remember the best part about Thunder Force? Ty, I'll be honest with you. I don't remember a single thing about that movie. Part of, like... This didn't happen, but part of me thinks I made up watching it because I don't remember. The only thing I remember is when they're like training and there was like ridiculous CGI. That's the only thing about the movie I remember. I that fucking stupid movie where she has uh, James Corden as her fucking supercomputer. I remember way more of that movie than I do fucking Thunder Force. I remember Ken Griffey from that. Yeah, and the one guy who's actually not that bad, her like friend guy. I don't remember that. I don't remember that person. It's a uh, Jason Bateman with crab hands. <laughs> I do remember that. Now. It's so ridiculous, and I fucking love Jason Bateman. And it's the only good thing to come from that. Google Jason Bateman with crab hands, and they're just—it's hilarious photos. Yeah, I remember that now. What an absurd idea! Oh my god, that movie was so fucking pathetic. Ty, uh, next week we're reviewing Sonic the Hedgehog two. Potentially Jim Carrey's last ever movie said he is strongly considering retiring. Last ride. He said a script would have to come down from the heavens. Which he kind of took a break from acting and then came back from so- for Sonic. So I don't know if the- a script from the heavens is necessarily. Well, you think he was like, I think I'm done acting. Let me get a little retirement fund. And then I'm calling it quits. 
And he's like, what's a better way go. to get a retirement fund than a fun kids movie? Yeah. You're going to get the box office for the families. You're going to get the rewatches on streaming. Yeah. He's 60. He probably should retire soon. Not only that. Enjoy your life, Jim Carrey. I haven't seen the first Sonic. Probably should watch that before watching this it's one. It's not bad. It's not bad. He, he's got to be like the main like actual person on screen, right? Like He gets the biggest paycheck. There isn't like another human to co-star with. Well, no. There, Sonic has like a friend. <laughs> Who's Does a he? human? Human. He's like a good guy. Has he even seen in any of the trailers for Sonic 2? I don't think he is. <laughs> Do they get rid of him for Knuckles? For Tails, actually. Oh, that's right. Tails. Knuckles is the bad guy. Um, Did they get rid of him? Idris Elba is voicing Knuckles. Yeah, it's pretty fucking cool. I uh, know he's still in it. James Mardson. Oh, that's right. He's a Cyclops in the X-Men movies. One of the yeah, old X-Men so. movies. Sonic 1, not bad. Like, it's not a fucking... 93% audience score, 63 critics. Sonic 1? Yeah. It's... it's. You're not going to come away from it like that movie's amazing, but I guarantee you won't come away from it like that movie was... It was. It's a little ridiculous, but it, it's also got, like, that dumb kid's humor that's, like, funny, you know? I respect it. It's not a bad movie. Random... So we're reviewing that next week. Sonic, Sonic 2, Hedgehog 2. 4, 4% higher... For... Bleh, per, bleh. <laughs> Four percent higher. For four percent higher for the sequel and the critics. Seventy one then. Let's let's try that math again. Sixty three on the first. I one. don't remember what you said. Okay, sixty seven. <laughs> random Rotten Tomatoes movie. Never really that random. Vampire movie. I went with a vampire movie that I slept on for a long time. It's one of Riley's all time favorite movies. And when I watched it for the first time, it was very enjoyable. And it's by our man Taika. What we do in the shadows. Fuck yeah. Twenty fourteen horror comedy. Fantastic. One hundred and eighty nine. Critic reviews, Ty, starring Taika and a bunch of other guys who I don't know. Mm. My favorite part, do you have a favorite part of what we do in the shadows that you can think of off the top of your head? Because I have one. It's been so long since I watched it. My favorite one is when they're learning how to text and they get the, the cell phones and he texts like, LOL, look out, there's a crucifix behind you or whatever. And then the guy <laughs> reads the text and fucking freaks out and looks behind him or whatever. It's so <laughs> fucking funny. It's so ridiculous. I think I, I've only watched one episode, but I've heard good things about it. Um, mm-hmm. the, the show, show Our Flag Means Death. No, no our sh- the show Our Flag Means Death. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's another Taika show. Oh, I haven't heard and about it's, this. It's Pirates, but it's a Taika Waititi comedy about pirates. I watched the first episode. It's very much a lot more of that awkward humor. I need to watch that. I watched the first episode last night. It was okay, Pretty but I think there's okay. there's some good uh, possibilities there. Taika plays, I think, Blackbeard in it at some point. <laughs> nice. Nice. It's already got 10 episodes out. Yeah. All right. I'm going to have to check that out. I'm intrigued by it. What we do in the shadows, though, I never really heard a lot about this movie prior to like watching it. Yeah. And Taika becoming big. It came out in 2014, a long time ago. It does feel, when did Ragnarok come out? Don't look it out. Oh, Thor Ragnarok came out 2017. I mean, a couple years before that. Um, I thought you were about to look up when what we no, no, no. I was like, don't fucking look it up. Let's rock a 84%. 96%. Damn. I agree with that. I think it's, I think it's a great movie. It's a fantastic watch. It's very hilarious. A lot of dry humor. Seven rotten ratings, Ty. That's it. Armin White, one of them. Fucking dickhead. Nope. Good. Probably didn't review the movie. Good. Stay away from Stay away from Sweet Boy Taika. Sonic next week. Moon Knight episode three. That's all I got for you, Ty. I, I have nothing else either. 
Be a good friend, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.